The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. Thursday, or it's Friday for you. It's Thursday for us. That means it's time to make some picks. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. Joined, as always, by the tan, the resplendent, the uh, wearing a blazer for some reason, Pete Briscoe. What's up? I'm, uh, I'm ready to win some games this week. See how mm. confident I am in that? <laughs> I'm ready to win some games. I'm going to talk myself into it. I'm ready to win some games this week. I'm not confident at all. Give him three seconds. He'll walk it back like Jarvis Landry. I'm a, I'm a broken man. The, 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 the season has broken me. I am loser. See, he told you. Yep. I'm loser. I just said I'm a loser. The other voice you heard, if you're listening to the podcast, RJ White. New do for RJ. Going to get. New right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could- Which you can see if you want to watch the pick show early. If you want our picks on Thursday, for whatever reason, we don't do the Thursday night pick. But if you want them on Thursday, they're up on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports. Click the video button. Go find the green pick six logo in the background. And you can watch us on YouTube. We appreciate it if you do both. Or if you do one, one, that's fine. I'm not going to hold it against you. But try and do both if you can. And while you're at it, make sure and go to Sportsline.com slash join. And use promo code white. That's right. That's okay. right. That's right. I was thinking you wouldn't promo code. We're not going to use Brinson. <laughs> you could use, you know, I had the second most, uh, uh, well, I think this is internal stuff, but I saw, I, I, I helped to sell subscriptions. Damn it. Um, use promo code white. You get your first month for a dollar. You get all of RJ's picks. You get like a Tom Fernelli secret picks that he only releases on Sportsline. Uh, RJ puts up all of his super contest best bets. What are you in the super contest this year right now, RJ? 60%. That's um, good. 20, 21 and 14, I, whatever it is. Yeah, 21 14. You, what do you need to get into the money? About 70%? Uh, just a little bit over 60%. Oh, you're, you're, you're hovering. You're hovering. I, you know, the pace I try to stay on is three per week and then get an extra point or two here and there and then you get You'll, ra- you'll rally. You'll rally. Well, uh, I think it's going to be a big time rally. I think a 5 and 0 oh coming this week. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. Like and maybe you'll get a lucky cover like Willie Boy had last week with the Titans. The issue is cover. The Chargers shouldn't have done anything. Chargers are clowns. <laughs> they shouldn't have been there. The Chargers suck. The issue is with my picks. You know, I have my five picks. I have them ranked in order, so I know which ones I'm going to take. And then I have more than five. Obviously, the ones that don't make it are also in order. So the la- for the last five weeks, if you'd have switched my fifth pick and my sixth pick, as extra point, I'd be ninth or something in yeah. the contest. It's crazy. crazy, yeah. Um. Good for you. <laughs> Let's talk about the standings. Let's not. Let's talk about the standings. Uh-oh, There's a lot of football still... left, though. You know that. Sure. Uh, I'm still in first place, 27 and 16 after a four and four. RJ's week. coming for you, though. I threw too many picks out there. Eight picks was stupid. Um, thank goodness the Titans took care of business. Chargers shouldn't have covered. I had too many over unders. I got away from over unders this week. 27 and 16 overall. RJ four and one. RJ's heating up. You want to, I'm telling you, sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code white or just get his picks in this podcast. 26 and 19. And then, uh, Pete. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Pete had eight best bets and went two and six on them. 17 and 21 on the year. But you can I'm, turn it around. This is your I'm week. Due. You're I'm due. I had too many over unders last week too. They all went crappy. Yeah. Uh, two and two on our parlay. 
Oh my God. Has there ever been a bigger lock than the Niners, uh, skins under? It was, uh, the, it was zero zero at half and the over under the second half was 16 and that would, that was a lock because there were no, they weren't scoring any points. What about the Rams and Falcons not going over? That was, that was disappointing for me. Uh, it was unbelievable. And then the Giants a, and the Giants should have got, that should have been an over. That was close. Yeah. That's 49, I think. Yeah, there were a lot of field goals settled for that. That that parlay could have hit. We're due for a parlay. We're due. That's how it works. If you lose a bunch, you're due. It's like by the way, like a- I'm the moron who had the Jets on Monday night. Yeah, that was bad. Oh, what was I thinking? That was awful. Maybe I was mm. seeing ghosts. Might even maybe you were seeing ghosts. I would guess, Pete, that if you're that upset about having the Jets, that you might. Think about taking the Patriots minus 13 against the Browns. That's the line. We got, uh, old Baker Mayfield, another young quarterback heading to Foxborough. Jarvis Landry has guaranteed a victory. He didn't guarantee it. It's BS, but whatever. It's going to be on the locker room walls. What do you think about this Patriots game, Mr. Prisco? How the heck can you take Cleveland in this game? I know they're shuffling the offensive line and they think that's going to fix that offense, but the way that defense is playing, it is truly playing at an elite level and they throw so many different looks at these quarterbacks. I know 13's a ton. The other thing about Monday night, that was all about the defense for the Patriots. Did you see the interview after the game with Tom Brady? Mm-mm. He wasn't happy about the offense. And I think this is going to be one of those games where he gets that offense cranked up again. Uh, you know, getting Sanu will do something, help the passing game, but I'm laying the 13. I, I can't, they're going to throw every different combination look at Baker Mayfield. His head's going to be spinning. Well, the offense hasn't looked good at all this year. No. They've scored 30 points or more in six of their seven games, and that's just because the defense is scoring over and over and over. But, you know, they get to 30 somewhere or another. Um, I can't play. This game's going to be a stay away. I can't fade the, the Pats. I do have a stat coming up talking about, um, away teams off a of bye is a thing you want to play, and that the Browns qualify here. I, you know, Patriots trump everything when you're talking about trends. Right. So, um, they do, you might say, okay, short week for them, yada, yada, yada. They do fine after Monday night games, eight and two against the spread in their last 10, including five and one against the spread at home after, Coaching. A, after Monday night. So it, it doesn't matter. Baker leads the league in interceptions going up against a team with 18 picks and that's allowed one touchdown. That's obviously not good if you want to back the Browns. So Cleveland's only hope is for their running game to work like, like Buffalo did against New England and keep the game close. That is a possibility. Running game's good. Chubb's good. I think they're like fourth in, in rush efficiency. Um, so, I'm not going to play the spread. I will lean to the under just because under has been working in Patriots games. Don't see why it wouldn't work here. Under 45 and a half is my, my lean here. Why wouldn't you take the under on the Patriots? I mean, seriously, why wouldn't I did a uh, breakdown and RJ was kind enough to edit it. And I'm curious what you thought about it, RJ. Presumably while editing, you read the piece. Um, basically are, could the Patriots, it's not are the Patriots the greatest defense ever because there's a whole, you know, there's half a season plus left, but could the Patriots be in the conversation for the greatest defense ever? And I think they're at least in the discussion. Um, two things I'd point out though, Pete, about it. One, the winning percentage of the teams they've played so far is like 23%, which is really Quarterbacks bad. have been, the quarterbacks have been awful too. So I did the math, I did, like added all the quarterbacks performances up, right? And created sort of an average on a per game basis, per, per attempt basis, touchdowns. The Patriots are basically turning every quarterback they play into a less efficient version of 2002 Joey Harrington. Well, yeah, it's, it's a great defense, but I mean, to start talking about it in the conversation as the greatest of all time is a little early based on what they've done so far. They haven't played anybody. Uh, when you, when you use other defenses, which ones did you compare it to? The Ravens of 2000, the 85 Bears? What about the, was it the 76 or 75 Steelers that had six shutouts at one point? Yeah, you didn't go that far back. It was mostly 2000 and, and ahead, you know, in, and more recent, except for the 85 Bears were thrown in there. So. And then, so the Seattle, one of those Seattle teams? I did, uh, in there. Yeah, yeah, 2012, I, did, I think. Uh, 2013 Seahawks, um, 2008 Steelers, shout out Brian McFadden. Uh, 2002 Buccaneers, 2000 Ravens, and 85 Bears. The goal was to get some more modern teams that had to deal with a bunch of passing, uh, but then also to throw in the Bears there because, you know, they're the gold standard. The great thing about the defense is, and if you're going to compare it to the Bears, the Bears did everything they did with their front. This defense does everything it does, mainly with the back. Because they're so creative on the back end, they you know they they, they blitz you and throw different looks at you. The '85 Bears, most people can't even name the corners on that team because they did it with the front. So it's so different. But it's 
early to be putting him in that conversation. The great conversation. thing about that Bears team is you, we see how many turnovers New England generating, 18 interceptions, right. averaging just over three turnovers a game. That Bears team averaged more. It was like 3.4, They put the fear so of God in quarterbacks. It was unbelievable what they did. Well, but, but, like, but like that's kind of the beauty of it, not to get off on this tangent, but this is what I find so fascinating is that so the, that's what the Bears did. The Bears did that, and then LT came along for the Giants, right? And that's sort of where we got this notion that you have to have the pass rusher and that the pass rusher is what you build your defense off of. Well, there's that PFF argument this offseason about maybe cornerbacks and defensive backs or cover, you know, coverage might be more important than pass rush, or can coverage create pass rush uh, more effectively than pass rush can create coverage? Well, Bill Belichick was on that ahead of everybody else. And he built out this incredible back end that just locks everybody down. He has literal brothers back there. They have a mind meld going. Stephon Gilmore locks people down. He's got versatile defensive backs who can play all over the place. And I think that when you look at the rest of their schedule, there's no, the old, the only veteran quarterback they have left to play is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, I mean, I know Patrick Mahomes is, is incredible, but Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson, he's a guy that maybe man to man is an issue, but, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, all these are young guys in their first, second, third years. I mean, that's going to be tough for these guys against Belichick the way he's pulling the joysticks, right? It, it's it, everybody can play every different position. That's the greatness of the defense. They're yeah. interchangeable. The the, the McCordys can play safety or corner, and you know Chung when he's there can play linebacker or safety, and and everybody's interchangeable. They can do so many different things, and they throw so many different looks at you, and they create. You know, it's not the old adage about you know. The, I know PFF wants to make a big deal about the secondary creating pass rush. The secondary can help create pass rush, but. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather have the pass rush and then I'll deal with the corner. The way the game is played now, and, and I go back, I'm going off on a tangent here, but like Ramsey leaving to go to the Rams. If you have one great corner with two and three receivers now being as good as they are, you can leave that corner over there and just go attack the other guys now. So it's not, I don't believe that. I still think a pass rush trumps the secondary, but what they're doing is their secondary is creating pass rush because they have so many different looks and they're blitzing a lot. I mean, they come after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And those blitzes are what really shook Darnold up. That's why he was seeing yeah, those. Yeah, zero coverage. They came after it's, him. It's not like, you know, uh, I don't remember who had all the picks, but it's not like they were making in, uh, incredible plays. It's just a ball's floated to you in the end zone, and you just got to catch it. Well, the, the one that Gilmore in the middle of the field, it was a terrible throw. He blitzed them, and he was one-on-one. It so was that, just flopping. That's not covered. Some of their – I'm not going to say that their secondary is bad. No, it's so great. It's great. Um, and some of their picks are coverage sacks but some, or coverage picks, but those Darnold picks, he was just throwing it up. This is the best Patriots defense so far for sure. We could say that. Mm-hmm. And, and some of those Patriots defenses with McGinnis and Law and Seymour, I mean, they've had great players. This one doesn't have a surefire Hall of Famer on it. It just doesn't right now. You can't say that. So that's the difference, I think, between the defenses. Uh, no, I'm with you. Um, by the way, I would take the under here, too. I, I, think I, I would take the, the under, too. I would take the under, too, if you want to throw it in as a parlay. Should we get this party started off the bat? Let's get it started, man. All right, let's do it. Put the under in. The Patriots unders are cashing like crazy. Just hope the Browns don't have a defensive touchdown or a jailbreak. I, it's almost like the 13 is a little, it feels too obvious. Like the Patriots are, I mean, I just don't see how the Browns are going to score, but, um, I digress. Moving along. Oh boy. Oh boy. Panthers at the 49ers. 49ers minus five and a half over under 42. We got a clean sweep, fellas. Everybody I, likes. I, I don't think you need the points in this game. I think forty. I think I think, the, the, I think the Panthers are going there and winning the game outright. I, I think they're the way their defense is playing. They're coming off a bye. I think they're going to get after that banged up offensive line. Get after Garoppolo. Choke off the run. I think the Panthers and Kyle Allen are going to San Francisco and winning the game. So if you're going to give me five and a half, bring them on, baby. Yeah, the only issue is Allen struggles with holding the ball and he fumbles a little bit. And San Francisco has a great defensive line, but I like fading the 6-0 49ers, especially with the middle-of-the-road offense they're playing with. 15th in DVOA, 15th in points per drive. It's a bad spot for San Francisco. They've got an away game on Thursday next. It's not a great opponent in Arizona, but it's still an away uh, game uh, in the next week, and I like fading a team that has to do that. Um, it's a good spot for Carolina. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Away teams coming off a of bye are 86-58-2 against the spread since 2011. That's 59%. 59.7% cover rate. It's a trend that Warren, Warren Sharp, I heard mentioned on a podcast a few weeks ago, did some digging, looked up a little bit more of the data, and it basically hits almost every year except for one outlier. So San Francisco's defense is great, but I think McCaffrey will be able to run on them. They're 12th in DVOA while they play a lot better against the pass. Uh, even though Carolina 
can struggle against the run. You know that's what San Francisco wants to do. They'll need to get out to an early lead, and I think they'll be able to do it as San Francisco tries to play comeback, which isn't their style. So I think uh, if Carolina does get behind, maybe you fade them on a live line. You just kind of load up on whoever's in front and figure that they're going to shut it down. But I do like Carolina coming from being able to get this cover and potentially win, sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Um, yeah, there's a 100% chance that Christian McCaffrey, MVP candidate, don't care what anybody else says, and, uh, will, and the Carolina Panthers will be in my money line underdog parlay, which came up one game short. RJ and I both missed it by one game. We had the Saints and the Cardinals. We should have done Saints and Cardinals. Now we would have, we would have banked. Yeah, I uh, cashed. Yeah, uh, we, I added the Eagles. He added the Titans. Um, I will, uh, can you re- repeat the stat that it was from Warren Sharp? I know it's on the, it was on Adam Lefko's podcast, the Lefko show for Bleacher Report, but just so people can kind of just you know, soak it in. It's away teams after the bye, correct? Yeah. Away teams coming off a of bye are 86, 58 and two against the spread. That's 59.7% cover rate. That's a lot. All right. So away teams after the bye, be looking to target that as we continue on through bye season. We all like the Panthers throw it in there with the Patriots under. We didn't get too greedy on the Pats under. No, let's see. Um, yeah, look, here's the other thing I'd say too. Panthers offense has these little satellite weapons and Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel that can get quick throws for Kyle Allen, get the ball out of his hands, neutralize that pass rush. Big challenge for Robert Sala. And again, like the Panthers receivers too, Moore and Samuel, these aren't big, tall, physical guys that Richard Sherman likes to match up with. They're guys who can give him trouble. And I think that they can, you know, work in underneath if Kyle Allen plays well. And look, Kyle Allen's got to play well too because he, you know, there's a little specter of Cam Newton is breathing down his neck. Eagles at the Bills. Bills minus one and a half over under 43 and a half. Uh, the Bills coming off a near humiliation against the Miami Dolphins. The Eagles coming off an actual humiliation in Dallas on Sunday night. Pete, what do you think? Is this, this is, this is, if your boy wants to show out, he's got to show out this game. This is a weird line to me. It it looks a little Mm -hmm. fishy. You got a team playing three straight road games and they're only getting, uh, one and a half. Uh, but I'm going to lay the one and a half. I, I just think Buffalo's defense is going to limit what Wentz does. And I think this is, you mentioned, I think this is the game in the second half. The Bills were flat in the first half. They looked terrible in the first half. In the second half, Allen played well. I think he plays well here. Look, the Eagles secondary is awful. It is awful. I think they're going to be able to make plays, so I'll lay the one and a half. Yeah, the Bills aren't five and one good. I don't think they're a five and one team. You know, they're, they're neutral value. I disagree with, with the line that the Eagles are the better team. And so to your point, it's a weird line to me. Philly's dealing, dealing with the injuries. That defense has been routinely toasted. They've allowed 24 or more points to everyone but Luke Falk. And, and I've had my problems with Josh Allen in the past, but I would say he's better than Luke Falk. Um, he's actually been doing pretty well in short and medium passes. I think the PFF had a stat where he's actually top quarterback in the league at short and medium passes. So that's encouraging. Uh, the Philly offense has largely struggled of late. Two of their last three games, they've been held under 300 yards. Buffalo defense is obviously the top unit in this game. Um, they're third in points per drive, fourth in net yards per attempt. They can shut down a struggling Philly offense and win this game. So that Philly rush D would be my only concern because they were elite earlier in the year. But the last couple games, they haven't played that well. So I think uh, Buffalo will be able to run it on them a little bit. And I would go ahead and lay one and a half. It's not that much. I would say the line probably should be at least three, maybe even three and a half. I kind of like the Eagles here. Don't really know why. Don't have a good reason. Matchup favors the Bills. I think it's a desperate Eagles team. That's all. That's all I got. Maybe the Bills try and run effectively and it doesn't work and, uh, the Eagles get loose. I don't know. I don't know. I just like the Eagles for some stupid reason. Um, I think it's an underdog week coming this week for some reason. Speaking of underdogs, the Cardinals are huge underdogs. The Cardinals. By the way, winners- hasn't Vegas been killing it? Uh, most weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah I For like 40 or 50 years now. Yeah. Well, I mean, but this year they've been really killing it, I think. I think last week favorites did well. But yes, it has been a good, good year for Vegas. Are you, do you, are you suggesting that this is a, a, a get even week? week? A get even week. For who? The public? No, not with the public. Yeah. Um, with my, hard- with my picks. Go with my picks. They're going to be hot this week. <laughs> PD Public is on another favorite. <laughs> yeah, I hate favorites, but I'm not taking these dogs. I'm not taking Arizona in ten and a half. Back to back road games. Uh the uncertainty here for me is the quarterback situation. Why is Drew Brees even considered playing in this game? You don't need him. You'll win the game with Bridgewater. You'll handily win the game with Bridgewater. Why would he play? 
What's the point? They got to buy next week. He's afraid that he's not getting his job back. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I'm just kidding. Uh, and you know what? Brady Quinn said, oh, they could uh, win this, go to the Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater. Look, I love what Teddy's done. He's a great kid, but they're not going to the Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater. They have a legitimate chance to go to the Super Bowl with a healthy Drew Brees. Let him wait. And I think he will. I think Sean Payton will, will, will put the kibosh on that. I think this will be Teddy. Doesn't matter. They're going to win this game by more than 10 and a half points. The line steamed up with Brees possibly playing, I think, is the reason why. Um, it's just too many points for me, though. I would lean to the Cardinals, but I'm not going to play it as a, as a best bet. The Arizona's playing well. They won their last three. The rushing attack is really rolling. Doesn't matter who's back there, even if it's Chase Edmonds. Um, New Orleans defense obviously has been phenomenal. Less than 260 yards allowed in four straight. But the Arizona D has been played better. Uh, it, played better last week with Patrick Peterson back and uh, they kind of shut down anything the Giants wanted to do and won that game. Um, so the line jumped three points off the look ahead. It's too big a swing for me. There's, I think there's a little bit of value on the dog, but it's probably just a stay away. I would lean to the Cardinals, but that's it. Um, I think I have the Cardinals as a best bet here. I'm a little scared about it, but 10, 10 plus 10 and a half points is just too much. And then when you look at what Arizona does when they run the ball. It's not like they're lining up in an eye formation and pounding the ball because the Saints haven't allowed a hundred yard runner in, I think it's like 29 straight games. Shout out, uh, Kay Adams for that stat. Um, the problem is the Cardinals like to put a bunch of guys out there and you've got to defend the pass. I think we're starting to see. I mean, I, I was wrong about the early season. I think, I think we're starting to see Cliff Kingsbury's offense come to light, come to light life at the NFL level and. Chase Edmonds is a player, man. That dude can play. He's a good. But he's not better than David Johnson, though. I mean, everybody keeps you. You know, the other day Brady said, "Oh, he's more versatile than David Johnson." David Johnson was almost a thousand thousand guy. But he's he's better than a a healthy Chase Edmonds is better than an unhealthy David Johnson. True. I'll give. Well, no kidding. Well, I mean, but I mean, like, (laughs) did you ever did you ever realize that a healthy player was better than a than a banged up player? Well, it depends on the the player. I mean, come on, Brinson. Well, sometimes take- teams trot out banged up players instead of the good instead of the good backups. Sit David Johnson, let him get healthy, play Chase Edmonds, and let me win some damn fantasy games already, Pete. I will say this though, I can't wait to see Kyler Murray how fast he is on that turf though inside mm-hmm. that place. He's going to look like a little joystick. It's going to be fun. Um, I like I like the card. I just think ten and a half is too much. I think it's a backdoor. It's special. a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, Arizona. I mean, uh, uh St. Louis, the Saints. Have been smashing. St. Louis, you were there about eight teams there. St. Louis, Chicago Cardinals, who else do you have? Houston Astros. Portsmouth. Nationals. Um, the, the, uh, no, like, I, I think what has happened is it took about three weeks and this is, this has happened the last three years really. It's like the Saints were doubted on the road. You know, they were dogs in, uh, where am I, how am I forgetting? Dogs in Chicago. Like, why were the Saints dogs last week? That was stupid. Um, and now they're a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit juiced up too much, so I'll take the Cardinals getting the ten and a half. Might lean under actually at forty nine. Chargers at the Bears. Chargers have been terrible. Might just be terrible. Over under forty one. Pete, I think you're a sucker here for taking the Chargers. I'm suckered into the Chargers because I will never, ever, ever. And I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it one more time. I will never, ever take Mitch Trubisky ever, never. Never. He is awful. That offense is awful. The play calling is awful. They don't run the ball enough. And coming out of my mouth, that's unimaginable because I love to throw the football. That offense is putrid. I do think the Chargers have some issues, obviously. But I, if you're going to give me four points, I'm taking it. I think this is the best a field goal game. You sound exactly like I did last week talking about the Titans offense. And I'm like, that's why I'm taking the Chargers. The Titans are awful. They're the awful offense, awful play calling, awful everything. Well, the Chargers went in and, as Brinson says, peak Chargers all over the place and lost that game somehow. I think it's a get-right spot for a mostly healthy Bears team. I would lean to the Bears minus four. Chargers are still severely beat up. Uh, Chargers don't have a run game, 26 in yards per carry, 30th in DVOA. It's not going to challenge the Bears front seven. Even with the Keem Hicks out. Um, I will take the Bears pass D in this matchup as well. Seventh in net yards per attempt. They've allowed no 300-yard passers. Phillip Rivers might, looks like he might be losing a step. I hesitate to say that because then he'll go ahead and play six more years and look great. But uh, I think Chicago can have rush success in this game against a beat-up front that's 24th in DVOA against the rush. And that's the kind of game script you need to get a good game out of Trubisky is if you can run the ball, he doesn't have to throw it 54 times or whatever it was in that stupid game last week against the Saints. I don't know what they were thinking there. Um, so I think this will be the game where Trubisky plays better because he's playing from ahead. So lean to the Bears. I might be dead, man. I just might not have anything left in the tank. I don't know. Uh, that was my tally, Philip Rivers impersonation, which was terrible. Uh, here's the thing. Get out of here, Phil. You're toast. Phil sucks. 
Chargers are done. They're washed. They're trash. Their offensive line stinks, and the Bears can rush the passer. The Chargers secondary can't stop anybody from throwing. I'm going to say this, Pete. Mitchell Trubisky, three passing touchdowns in this game early on, and then the Chargers, I mean, then the uh, Bears ratchet it down into first gear, run with David Montgomery, pound the ball, putting their ears back on Phillip Rivers and blow out the Chargers. Maybe the Chargers mount some sort of dumb comeback like they did against the Titans when they have to yank out Melvin Gordon, who's hit rushing for 1.5 yards per carry, and start throwing the ball to Austin Eckler, which is what they did early in the season when their offense worked. But maybe they don't. Maybe they just suck the whole game and the Bears blow them out by 35 points. The Chargers stink. They're awful. And the Bears are going to thrash them in this game. Everybody's betting on the Chargers. You're a sucker. Bears win big. I got another stat for you related to the Chargers sucking. They played three straight games against teams with losing records, right? And lost them all. They only led for three minutes and 16 seconds combined in those games. And that was in that last game. They barely had a lead for, you know, three minutes. And then that went away right before halftime. So not a good team. They're losing to losing teams. And and that's not what you want to see if you're the Chargers. They were losing to the Dolphins. They were losing to the Dolphins. They lost to the Steelers and Duck frickin' Hodges. The Chargers are awful. God, I hate the Chargers. I hate them. I hate them. And you you love them every year. Now all of a sudden you hate them. I hate them so much. I hate them with every fiber of my being. They suckered me enough. I'm not letting them do it again. I'm not falling for it. They're gonna make. They're gonna lose this game by. You a had the Titans last week. You got a lucky cover. What are you talking about? They have a lucky cover. The Chargers were winning that game the whole time. Why would they not throw the ball on the goal line? I never figured that out. What the heck were they doing? Their play calling was terrible. Terrible. It was awful. It's all. It's awful. They're gonna get blasted in this game. Trust me. Trust me. Do not. Mr. Bisky's throwing three touchdown passes. Is that for the rest of the season or to this week? First half. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I don't think so. Go ahead. Put some money on that. I might. I, I, I will bet over on Mitchell Trubisky touchdown passes. <laughs> I, might, I might start him in uh, Fanduel or something. Giants at the Lions. Lions minus six and a half. Over under is forty nine. Uh oh. No head to head between me and RJ in this one. Didn't Maybe work out for a- me last week. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Right, who do you like? I like the Giants here. You do? Mm-hmm. I do. Not. I don't. I do not either. But I, I like the over. I think this game's going way over. I think this is going to be one of those games where Matt Stafford lights up the Giants. I think the Giants' defense is bad. I think there's going to be a ton of points. I think the Giants will score too. So uh, don't get me wrong. But I, I think there's going to be a ton of points. So I like the over. And my lean would be to the Lions. The Lions defense has gotten gashed by the run. True. 110-plus uh, rushing yards allowed every week, 336 combined in their last two. Just not good at all. Giants have a great weapon at running back, obviously. Saquon Barkley, probably the best in the league. Uh, plus a quarterback who can run a little. I think we're going to get a little bit more Daniel Jones that we got early in the season when he was running around, making plays happen, and and New York Giant fan base was, like, shocked to see a quarterback that could actually move around with his legs. Um, the Giants are second to last in fumbles lost on offense. Detroit defense leads in recoveries. That's just fumble luck. You can't really determine who's, you know, that always regresses to about 50%. So if that fumble look arises in this game, we're going to, you know, get paid off here a little bit. Um, Detroit showed they shouldn't get much for home field advantage. 420 plus yards allowed in every home game. Giants offense has struggled lately. Two of their last three games were against elite defenses. I don't think the Lions have an elite defense at this point. I think that the trade of Condre Diggs is going to really, you know, shake them up. Darius Slay came out and said something today, something like everybody feels like, you know, expletive, you know, on uh, talking to a reporter. And I he was a Captain, and he might not have been a great player, but that's really going to shake up that locker room, and I think they're going to feel a little bit betrayed with him out there. So um, I don't know that you're going to get best effort from the Detroit defense in this game. So I do think the Giants can keep up blow. Then you were on the eight sacks that they allowed last week. Were you a little bit? I mean, the, 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 don't get me wrong. I don't think the Lions are great rushing the passer, but that's eight sacks in a game. I mean, he yeah. held the ball a little bit last week. It can be an issue, but if you're not getting the sack, you're going to get burned on that yeah. secondary. They're going to be distracted. So it's going to be like a, you know, blow for blow fight. I do like the overplay in this game. Um, but that's why I think Giants can come back. And even if they're down, you know, 10, uh, 12 going into the fourth quarter, they can get a backdoor cover here. Uh, by the way, in, since 2011, games where the Lions were at home and favored by a touchdown or more, uh, the over is a, it's a uh, eleven and five to the over. You got you got sixteen games here, and if you go back and sort of look at the, this is why I like the Lions. I just think that this and I, the Quandre Diggs thing kind of worries me a little bit. The the the, the morale there after that two tough lo- you know, multiple tough losses in a row. Like how much can you really sustain uh, if you're the Lions? But I think they know they're still like on the fringe of the playoff run. This is a must win game. The Giants the. The Giants match up really well for them in terms of what they want to do offensively. And I think this is a big, big, big time Matthew Stafford game, like 500 passing yards, 
a couple of touchdowns to Kenny Galladay, a couple to Marvin Jones. He's playing out of his mind right now, Matthew Stafford is. And it's awesome to see, like, especially on the, the heels of, you know, his wife battling that brain tumor and all that he's gone through in his career. And people doubt him and don't think he can beat, you know, good teams. And maybe he can't, but he beats the crap out of bad teams. I think he beats the crap out of the at the Giants here. I like the over too, so we can throw so it in So it's parlay. in parlay. It goes into parlay, the over. Yep. All right, so you got Panthers, Patriots under, Lions over in the parlay so far. Raiders All these over unders are going to work out well for yeah, us. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be they're going to be to 17 14. This is how late we lose the parlays. We add these. I know. I know. I know. Well, we don't have anything else, so we got to do it. Um that's our three I think that's going to be our three games for the parlay by the way. We'll stick with three this week. Five is unnecessary, four is unnecessary. We should really go two or maybe yeah, just one. Instead of putting the normal like 200 bucks on the five or 16 parlay we've given <laughs> you, put five grand on this one. That'll make, that'll make I, this, this don't, don't put five grand. <laughs> don't, I'm kidding. Disclaimer, do not put five grand. <laughs> don't put five grand on any parlay. How no. about that? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Raiders at the Texans. Texans minus six and a half. The over under is fifty one and a half. Pete, you're feeling like a points palooza this week, huh? I do. I think this one's going to be really high scoring. I, I the Texans defense is not that good. You saw Jacoby Brissett carve them up last week, and you saw what Aaron Rodgers did to the Raiders defense. They got all kinds of problems. They've been on the road for about a half a year. Uh, this is going to be a problem for the Raiders. I see a lot of points. I think Deshaun Watson will light it up. But I also think that the Raiders will score some points here as well. So I think this one soars over the total. Yeah, Oakland defense, 30th in DVOA and points per drive, 31st in net yards per pass attempts. going to be a huge game for Deshaun Watson, I would say. Um, Houston offense is playing well, 5th in points per drive, averaged 485 yards their last three games, you know, just running up and down the field. Oakland offense, though, dealing with injuries up front, it's not good versus a talented Houston front. So that would give me a little bit of positivity over there. Uh, Oakland doesn't have the receivers to take advantage of Houston's beat-up cornerback you know, group. So uh, I worry a little bit less about that. They always try to get everything thrown to Darren Waller and, and run with Josh Jacobs, who's also banged up himself. So my lean is to the Texans minus six and a half. Uh, Oakland offense has been efficient at struggling to score points. I think Houston bounces back, deals Oakland another double-digit loss, which he's had several of them against good teams. I like the Texans too, but I, I would uh, I like the over more. I I got the Raiders here. I cannot believe I'm backing for the second week in a row the Carr family or just one member of the Carr family, but that's fine. If you go back and watch that game against Green Bay, the Raiders could have been in that game and should have been in that game if old uh, old Blue Eyes here hadn't tossed the ball over the pylon like 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 he said he would three years ago if he had another chance. And for whatever reason, it didn't keep working out for him. I, I'm I'm kind of regretting backing them right now as a best bet, but you know I'm, we're already. Already, uh, already sort of into it. Um, I just think they, Darren, Josh Jacobs is awesome. He's awesome. He's running the ball really well. He's a future star. Darren Waller's a stud. They can wing the ball around. Um, I, I think that the Raiders keep this one close, like a field goal close. It's, you know, I just, I think if I'm getting six and a half points, I know they've been traveling forever. I want, I want the Raiders there. Is that insane? Yes. Uh, yeah, but I took them last week against, uh, Green Bay. So what do I know? <laughs> that was done. <laughs> I think the Raiders might win. Is that weird? Oh, stop it. Did you just mumble that? Say it louder. No, I won't. Say it louder for the kids in the back. You just said, Will Brinson just said he thinks the Raiders might win. I don't have the, uh, the trend. uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do know that Houston does play well coming off a loss. So that's another thing that would worry me. I think they'll get their stuff together here and have a big game. This is one where if you got DeAndre Hopkins, you're starting him in fantasy, obviously, but I would play him in DFS because as we pointed out with Heath, uh, yesterday, when Will Fuller is out, Hopkins eats. I think this is a big game for Hopkins. Nobody stop him on Oakland. All right, Pete, we've got, uh, you've got, oh, we got you out early today, but, uh, we've already got our parlay in. So that's exciting. First, let's recap your best bets. Yeah, I got Carolina plus five again. You're not going to need the points to win in the game outright. I like the Chargers. Don't love them, but I made them one of my best bets on a hunch because I'm going, like I said, never, ever, ever again with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Arizona, New Orleans, I think that one's going over. Uh, Patriots, it speaks for itself. I'm not taking Baker Mayfield against that defense. Oakland, Houston, I think that one is might even be the best of the best bets. That's going way over. Uh, I like the Bills against the Eagles, and I'll take the Giants and uh, Lions to soar over the total, too. All right, and then our parlay. I'm, I'm sweeping today. I'm sweeping. I, I I feel it. I feel a sweep. I got the broom. I, I have it at home, 
And if I sweep this week, I'm going to gold plate it. That's what I'm, that's my plans for the for the week. So, How's that? That's how uh, good? you have a good chance now because you haven't put the kibosh on Brinson yet. Once you put the kibosh on him, that's when the karma fairy comes in. Oh, it Sprinkles comes a, two and six and one. And no, seven. I'm not going to put. Uh, you know why? Because he's going to do that to himself. I need the kibosh. That's how you soaking your bad energy and just funneling it back like into these picks. Um, There's a lot of football left, guys. A lot of football left. Good, the good, and we've seen this league before. The just like the league, the good teams go rotten, and then you know pretenders emerge and contenders emerge. And uh, right now, a pretender is leading our three thing. (laughs) <laughs> Three-team race here, and uh, the contender on the bottom will emerge as the season comes along. So wait and for me. Pete is going to go Colts like ten wins in a row, like what it was last year, or whatever. Yeah, That's like, ten in a row. Pete, like, I, like you're like I'm going to sweep this week. Maybe, maybe you should have four best bets instead of seven. No, I'm getting seven, seven and zero. Oh. Seven. That will be a seven on the top next week. <laughs> seven and zero, oh, and we will be raving about my turnaround in the middle of the season. And you know what it means, Brinson. What time is it? Can <laughs> the leaves go brown? <laughs> yeah. The leaves aren't the leaves in Raleigh turning brown? Uh, the leaves have pulled yeah. a groundhog day and they've they saw their shadow and went <laughs> went back for six weeks the way Pete's been talking about these leaves. Yeah, but like you I really just, can't you know what I you know what I like to say? I always cause, like to say, Are you the are you the singular cause of global warming? Your picks? No. Or like, <laughs> they might really be. Hurt. They might be. Hey, you know what I like to say? You can't really tell anything in the National Football League until Halloween. And this is Halloween's next week, so this is the start of my turnaround this week. Seven and zero, oh. seven and zero. Uh, oh. good, good luck. Not six and one. Seven and zero. Oh. Good luck. Um, Not six you. minute abs. Seven minute abs. Seven um, minute abs. The uh, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was. No, gonna no say. NC State game for you tonight. Nothing. No, oh, they're um, done. They're terrible. They stink. Yeah, they stink. Yeah, we got blown out by Boston College. I think we're Texas. Off How's Texas last week? Were they good? No, they barely. No. They, can't. they squeaked out. A I know, win. I know. And then the Sun Devils, of course, their season's over. They lose to Utah. They got blasted by Utah. No, Couldn't they didn't. Them. It was a zero-zero in the third quarter. What was the final score? They, I mean, they lost by ten, I think, or something. But it was closer than you think. It you was. Sure Maybe they lost by four. They, they, they gave a late touchdown. They had the ball late. They had a chance to cut it to seven, I think. Let's see. That final score was twenty-one to three. Yeah, but it was so it was late. It was I'm telling you, they got late touchdown. So it was it well, wasn't that bad. NC State got a fifty burger hung on it by Boston College. I, I need to call Ray Anderson to tell him, Ray, it's nice and all. Herm's great. I love what he's doing, but this is this eight and eight, seven wins does nothing for me. Gotta cheat. Pete, hey, hey, RJ, have you ever heard the story about Pete in um St. Elmo's at the Combine with Ray Anderson? No, I don't He's the A D he's the athletic director at Arizona State he used to be know. um yeah, used to be former NFL VP of uh was it officiating? He was like, well, no, he was with the Falcons for a long time. He was an agent for a long time, and then he worked for the league office for a long time. Well, now he's the AD, and I went in and I go, Ray, it's it's time. No, 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 Ray is sitting there having cocktails with like people in St. Elmo's, and it was Martin Hanks. It was Martin Hanks. Yeah, and Pete walks up and he goes, Ray, and Ray's like, oh hey, Pete, what's going? He goes, when are you gonna start paying my players? You gotta start paying the players. You gotta cheat to win. And Ray's like, oh. <laughs> I just want one before I go in the grave. I just want to sit on the 50 at the national championship game. That's all I ask for. That's all I want. What? It's the only team I root for. I don't root for any other team. Just get me on the 50 at a national championship game, please. That's all I want. Oh, uh, don't hold your breath. I'm not holding my breath. Might I suggest rooting for Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama instead? Okay. Well, yeah, I get your point. Or Oklahoma to throw them in there too. As yep. RJ found out a couple weeks ago. Don't root for Oklahoma. <laughs> As RJ found out a couple we, weeks we ago. We will have to stop being friends. <laughs> As he found out a couple weeks ago. All right. Pete's got to get out of here and go to Sportsline, the show on CBS Sports HQ, our 24-7 streaming sports network. You should be watching that. I'll be on there. Seven, seven and oh for Pete is what he's saying. Seven and oh. He's saying he's going two and five, it looks like. No, seven and oh. <laughs> I'm going seven and oh. Seven and oh. Freeze frame that. Uh, all right, Pete. All, all right, guys. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Welcome back to the Pick 6 podcast. It's a break. We're coming off a break. Pete Prisco has disappeared. He's gone. He's left us, RJ. What are you going to do? Myself and RJ White here. Reminder, you can watch this show on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports. Hit the videos button when you get there. Find the green background. Most of them are the Pick 6 podcast. It's called branding, RJ. It's our brand. Got a big green logo behind you. And uh, usually I'd be wearing a, a big green Pick 6 podcast shirt, but I'm not today. Let's get through the rest of the games. Bucks at Titans. Titans minus two and a half. The over under is 45 and a half. Hello. We have, um, <clears throat> excuse me. We have what, uh, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli and Barton Simmons call on their cover three podcast when they do their picks every Friday. It's a great show. I highly recommend you subscribe to that part of the CBS sports digital podcast network. Lock unity. RJ with the Bucks. I've got the Bucks as well. I, for me, I mean, I'll let you go, but I would say for me, it's, um, basically the Titans are up and down. I don't trust the Titans. I don't think they're very good. I think Tampa's defense against the run is very good. This is going to force Ryan Tannehill to pass the ball. They're going to try and force feed Derrick Henry up the middle as they did against the Chargers. It's not going to work. And uh, Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston coming off a bye with Bruce Arians extra week to prepare. Have a big game. I assume you agree somewhat in, in regard to that. Yeah, the line says the teams are even. I think the Bucks are clearly the better team. They have an elite rush defense, first in yards per carry, and they could put the game on Tannehill's shoulders, like you were saying. I don't think Derrick Henry has a big game. Uh, Tennessee's faced a lot of limited offenses. They've gave up 422 yards to Atlanta, though, and Bucks can have that kind of success with their passing game. Tampa's played a lot of good teams. The key thing in there is their schedule's been great. San Francisco, Carolina twice, Rams, Saints. I mean, they're better than their stats, and they're better than the record that they've showed. Um, Tampa Bay coming off a bye with Jameis Winston. I, I went back and looked since he's you know was a rookie coming into the league, got 479 yards of offense at Washington in 2015. They got 513 yards of offense at San Francisco in 2016. Didn't have a buy in 2017 because of the hurricane. You know, their buy was week one, so technically, you know, not really a buy. And then 510 yards at Atlanta in 2018 or against Atlanta in 2018. So he knows how to come off his buy, look and recharge. I know he was terrible in that game before the buy in London. Um, we'll just, you know, mark that off to not, don't, don't ever bet on UK Jameis Winston ever again. Um, and, I think we could trust him here. I think he's going to have a big game. So Bucks over the Titans, I think I, it's my bet. One of my best bets. It might be my best bet of the whole week. So I lo- love them too. What, um, if you had to, cause I think that's actually an interesting pivot point in terms of DFS. I don't think given how he played in London, given the Matthew Stafford matchup, um, amongst other pretty good matchups, you have Oakland and Houston. Like I think people will be on different quarterbacks. James would actually be a really nice little uh, contrarian play. Which wide receiver do you think matches up best with the Titans in terms of feeding him between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I mean, I would give it to Godwin. Godwin's having a great game. I think he's second in the league still in like rushing, you know, receiving yards, even though he's coming I, off a bye. So, I mean, that's crazy how, I, how much he is ahead of the field. So, um, I would just go with him and, you know, figure out that they'll make it up. Mike Evans hasn't looked completely, you know, all there. So my trust is going to be in, in Godwin to have a huge game and some of the secondary. I mean, if he's going to throw for 400 yards or they're going to have like a 500 yard offensive game, you figure everybody's going to eat, but uh, Godwin's probably the best play there. Okay. I like it. Uh, next game. See, uh, by the way, double best bet for RJ and I there. We should ask Pete. Uh, Debo had a note in there to look to see if he wanted to put in the parlay. Um, should we text Pete or should we just let it ride? Let's just let it ride. We're already at three. We don't want to push our luck. I'm with you. Seahawks, by the way, 
my money line parlay that I'm going to put together tonight for the site tomorrow. Money line dog parlay, Panthers, Buccaneers, and one of the Raiders or uh, maybe I think it's Panthers, Buccaneers, and Eagles. That's a winner. That's just a, those three dogs are going to win outright. I don't know about the Eagles. All right, fine. I'll find somebody else. I don't want to tread on your. Your people. Well, you know, I had my mine go up on Wednesday, and I'm pretty sure. You know, I know that I had the Panthers and Bucks in mine. I can't remember who. The, I think I put a third team in there as well, but I can't remember who the third team was. But uh, I definitely had those two guys in. Maybe we should just parlay this, the Panthers and the Bucks, and just like not get like. Can you do a round robin? Maybe. Yeah, you could try that. I, I think I mentioned, you know, if you don't like one of my three teams, take them out, and it's still a pretty solid one between like plus five fifty and plus seven fifty. But uh, Panthers Bucks is probably the best one. I'm just going went for a little bit more of a payout, you know. If I, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but but uh, maybe getting up to that fourteen and nineteen range. I'm trying to hit one of these stupid money line parlays, and Pete was emphatic, according to Debo, who asked him about it. Said Debo sprinted out there, said Pete, you want in on this money line parlay? He said, Hell no. But he's out on the box. All right. That's even better. We like Pete when he's out on the pick. Uh, Seahawks minus six and a half at the Falcons over under set at 53 and a half. This is again, we're recording this on Friday or Thursday evening. This is the line for the super contest. It's off in most places as they wait to find out about Matt Ryan. He did not practice Thursday. My best guess, RJ, is that Matt Ryan does not play in this game and that this line ends up being when it quote unquote opens is somewhere along the lines of like 10 Seahawks minus 10. I would bet this is a consensus line with if Matt Schaub plays for the Falcons, a consensus pick in the Super Contest because of the value. What do you think? 10 might be a little high for me to open there. It's not like the Falcons are playing well anyway, so I don't know how much you can mark them down uh, from a team strength perspective because you already have them pretty low. Um, I could see it, you know, 6.5 is maybe a little low, so I could see it maybe 7, 7.5, but 10 is a little much for me. I, I would come well, in on the Falcons pretty hard because it's not like they have a, a you know a wet-behind-the-ears rookie playing quarterback. They have a guy that knows the offense and has been there for a while. So You would you would be you would have the, like the Falcons led by Matt Schaub as a best bet. A plus 10, yeah. I mean, in this line, six and a half, my lean is to the Seahawks, not knowing what's going to happen with Matt Ryan. But take that with a grain of salt because I've been off on the Seahawks all year. They've been covering on the road. They've been terrible at home for some reason, and that's usually that's flipped of what usually happened. Um, but Atlanta's a train wreck against the pass, 31st in DVOA, 30th in yards per attempt. You don't need me to tell you that Atlanta has a bad defense. Um, Seattle's had 400-plus yards in four of their seven games. They're number two in passing. I think they could throw it all over Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's defense is also last in plays per drive, yards per drive, points per drive. Percentage of drives allowing a score, turnover percentage, just the worst defense in the league by far. I think Seattle offense rolls. I think Atlanta offense will have trouble keeping up, even if Matt Ryan plays, because obviously he's dealing with an injury and they don't have a run game to lean on. So this seems to me something like, you know, thirty-one twenty-one Seahawks. Um, so I would, I would go and take the Seahawks here. I'm trying to look it up really quickly just because I want to see what it is, but I, I want to say that Russell Wilson, um, when he plays against the foul I feel like he plays well in Atlanta is that does that seem anecdotally to to make sense to you or am I crazy uh I don't know it probably is can't be that many games and what did he have a playoff game in Atlanta where he balled out and that might be what you're thinking of broke the rookie record for uh for for passing yards in the playoffs um in uh in in that game where they lost and then the then the Falcons went on to lose to Colin Kaepernick okay so Russell Wilson in his three games on the road against the Falcons. Uh, he's actually one and two, uh, including the playoffs. Um, but he has thrown four in his last two games. Eh, eh, all right, never mind. That's just, I'm just wrong. Just wrong. I'll just move on. I'm wrong. I think he has a big game in this one, though. He's a better Russell Wilson right now than, than in those games, though. He's playing as the best that he's played. Yeah. Apart from that one pass, that, that, you know, I missed that Seattle, I said flip the fifth and sixth pick and I'd be four points ahead. My fifth pick last week was Seattle. And that really frustrated me because when they went downfield and they went vertical, they got anything they wanted to against Baltimore. The, the offense just humming along. Then they started going horizontal, running, running horizontal, throwing horizontal. Disaster. That's where you had the pick six from Russell that he hadn't thrown a pick all year if there was a pick six. That's where you had the short pass to, to 
DJ Met- DK Metcalf where he just dropped it. It wasn't anything that the, the Ravens did defensively. He just drops it and they return it for a touchdown. So 14 points off of two defensive scores there that, that you wouldn't expect from that game and they lose by 14. Uh, so I don't know why they got away from the, the plan of throwing vertical because they were just, you know, carving them up in 20 yards, 15 yards every single time. So it, you know, I, I'm still waiting for someone to explain it for me. I don't know that I made that bad a pick. I know Seattle obviously lost that game pretty easily, but the game plan just kind of screwed me there at the end. I don't know why they got away from what was working. I like Seattle too. And then at the last second, I was like, why do I like Seattle? But it was already in, so it didn't matter. Jets and Jaguars, the Jaguars minus six coming off a stomping of the, of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. The Jets coming off a humiliating game on Monday night football over under 41. I mean, I don't have this as a bet, best bet, but I kind of think it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's just everyone's going to be on the Jags, and no one's going to be on Sam Darnold with a like a toenail that just got pulled out, and he's seeing ghosts and was humiliated on Monday night. Don't you think this is an obvious zig when people are zagging? Yeah, as we have it for the six in the contest, um, I think it probably gets a seven, and that's when you play the Jets because, uh, yeah, I don't think the Jaguars are going to are going to blow out a lot of teams. My better exactly. leans probably. It's at, it's at seven locally right now. So yes. Well, yeah, there you go. That's when you play the Jets. It's at seven. Uh, for under forty-one is probably a little bit better of a play. Jets defense has played well most of the the year, and it's not like they played poorly against the Patriots. We were saying earlier, you know, that was just the Patriots defense took over. Um, the Jags need to run to have success. They're number three in yards per attempt, but the Jets can slow them down because they're number two in yards per attempt on the defensive side. Uh, it, I know it's hard betting on the Jets offense after that Monday night game, but the Jacksonville defense doesn't first force turnovers like like uh, New England does. They're bad versus the run. Twenty-seven. I think this is a Le'Veon Bell game, and he gets going. He's going to help take the pressure off Sam Darnold, keep us a close, low-scoring game where the Jets maybe aren't lighting up the scoreboard, but they're they're at least getting to midfield and punting, and it's you know a little closer, lower-scoring game. So both these better than their offenses. That under is the best play here for me, but it's still just a lean. I wouldn't make it a best bet. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you 100 percent on that Le'Veon Bell thing. I'm playing him in DFS. I think that you look at Jacksonville; they don't stop the run very well. And if they, I mean, like Le'Veon Bell's played really well. He's just had gotten a, he's gotten a, a bad hand of cards. Like, you know, his quarterback had to leave, uh, because of mono for most of the season. And then, you know, as soon as he comes back, it's like, welcome back. Here's, uh, here's the Patriots. And you look at that. A charge for game 21st. Jaguars defense just isn't very good anymore. It's amazing how fast that thing fell off a cliff. They can Next, rush the passer though. They can rush the passer. Got a bunch of sacks. That's why you run the ball. We'll see if Adam Gase is a modicum of intelligence. Bengals at the Rams and you know what? I'm not going to do a London accent. Bengals at the Rams in London. Cheerio. Rams minus 13. Couldn't make myself. Oh, yeah, mate. Little bit of spot of Rams. All right, then. That, that's what's right. <laughs> uh, Rams minus 13 against the Bengals. Over under is 48. I've been saying it all week. It's a Daryl Henderson time. Daryl Henderson breakout game. 100 yards. Two touchdowns for Mr. Henderson in this game is the Rams roll. I can't take it as a best bet. It's too many points. I do, however, like this. And people are listening to this on Friday. So hopefully you listen to the previous podcast because I mentioned it on the Thursday show. Vikings, Patriots, Rams teaser. It's pretty obvious. Ten and a half points. I did it ten points, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how that fails. So, uh, you know, I think that's a good play. Well, I'll, I'll um, let you know next week. Yeah, uh, lean, my lean to the Rams, you know, since he doesn't do anything well, I don't have much faith in them here against the number four DVOA defense. The Rams defense per DVOA is playing better than I think our eyes tell us. So, uh, you know, maybe we, we expect a few better games coming for them, especially with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Cincinnati's offense last in rush efficiency, 27th in pass efficiency. Defense is 31st overall. I mean, the Bengals don't, like I said, don't do anything well. Uh, Rams got right against the easy opponent in Atlanta after a tough run. And I think that'll continue here. I think Wade Phillips versus Zach Taylor is just, He's going to eat him for lunch. You know, he's got to know uh, the tendencies there that Zach Taylor's going to try to bring to this game. I don't love laying the massive number, but I think it's the only way you play. If you're going to play this game, play the Rams at minus 13. All right, I'm with you there. Broncos at Colts. Colts minus 5.5 over under 43.5, a, a very low over under. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, again, don't have him as a best bet. There are some barkable dogs out there this week, and I think that includes the Broncos here. Again, like the Jets situation. The Colts just shredded the Texans. Jacoby Brissett looked awesome. I mean, he's he's on pace to lead the league in passing touchdowns, which is crazy to think about. I mean, he look at that, 26 to 39. We're putting this graphic up on the YouTube show, obviously. 326 passing yards, four touchdowns. 
35 and a half fantasy points. A monster day for Jacoby Brissett. People are going to want to back the Colts against the Broncos. They're laying five and a half. It's too many points. Indy is not great against the run. You can run the ball against them. And I think when you look at Denver, the only thing they do well is run the ball. Rich Kangarello has got to get it together, though. They were just running the ball up the middle against the Chiefs, hoping to break one. They need to be more proactive about trying to get Philip Lindsay and uh, Royce Freeman out on the edge and let him break one. I think they do it here and uh, in the Broncos' roll. I don't know about roll. I wanted to like Indy in this game coming in, but I do think you're right. It's a bad matchup. It's a bad spot coming off that huge divisional win. The Indy D has struggled. The stats would say that they're not that good, but they're obviously were really banged up early in the year. They're getting healthier. Darius Leonard makes a huge difference. Denver's defense is the key to this game because they've been excellent. They're fifth in DVOA and net yards per pass attempt, sixth in points per drive. So even though Indy has a solid offense, I don't know that they're going to be able to overcome that. I think uh, my lean is to the under. I think trading away Emmanuel Sanders helps that because I think if Denver Denver's going to lose a step anywhere. It's going to be on the offensive side, and that defense is playing really well for Denver. So um, this feels like a defensive battle to me. Um, so I do like that Denver's going to be getting Juwan James back in this game, it looks like. So that could help you if you're looking for that upset bid there. Um, but I'm probably staying away from the line. I'm just going to take the under. Okay. Uh, by the way, very quick breaking news. Literally just happened. Do you want to guess who was traded from what team to what team? Any player in the NFL. You can guess any player in the NFL. I'll see if you can guess it. Uh, let's see. Was it Robbie Anderson? Of, no, it's not one of the obvious candidates that we've written about, in fact. So a non-obvious candidate was traded. How about Chris Harris? Ooh, that's, I think it, I think it would qualify as obvious, but that's a good guess, nonetheless. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking of bad te- you know, players on bad teams that already no. look what they're selling. That's the key. That's the thing. It's not a bad team. The Patriots have traded, per Adam Schefter of ESPN, Michael Bennett to the Dallas Cowboys for a seventh-round pick that can go to a sixth-round pick in 2021. We'll cover the full extent of this on the Thursday night wrap-up show uh, after we do that. And people both come out on Friday, but just curious your thoughts on that, RJ. Uh, you know, obviously they had a situation with him where they, they suspended him, I think, for a week. And, um, you know, for something he said, it looked like the, re- the relationship was going sour there. So it's, I guess it's a situation where they're just going to get what they can from him. That defense doesn't need him. I don't know. You know, we talked about how great their coverage is and they're really playing the best they've ever played. So he's obviously not the straw that stirs the drink for that defense. So if you're getting something for a player that doesn't really have a spot on a team that's already playing well, you know, why not trade him? Yep, I agree completely. Um, plus, you don't want to mess up the mojo. they got a mind meld going on in there. Um, if you want to hear the full analysis, full breakdown, myself, Sean Wagner-McGuff, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, we have look in your feed. There will be a Thursday night recap, and we'll break down the Michael Bennett stuff. Um, we'll chat it there after Vikings-Redskins, which, if it goes according to plan, should be a, a fairly short uh, sort of recap. Moving along. Packers, Chiefs, two primetime games left to talk about Packers and Chiefs. I, I was stunned to see you have this as Chiefs plus four as one of your best bets. Explain to me. I mean, the, the donkey public plays the Packers minus four on the road with no Patrick Mahomes. Explain to me why you like the Chiefs. Yeah, the look ahead was Chiefs minus three and a half. That was obviously when Patrick Mahomes was healthy. It swung seven and a half points. It was actually when I, uh, you know, initially came up to four and a half. So hopefully people got it at four and a half because eight point swing. That's a lot of, too much. You know, Mahomes running around the bu- with, uh, you know, bum wheel with his ankle already before the injury. And that offense wasn't as explosive as it has been. And then you look at now, who do they have? You know, it, Obviously, this is a downgrade. I'm not going to try to talk up Matt Moore like he's a great quarterback. <laughs> but Andy Reid is a great coach. You can scheme up success with a backup quarterback, especially going coming off long rest. They played the Thursday game. Chiefs offenses had been above average before Mahomes got there, so it's not like this team was two and fourteen every year and struggling. And Mahomes, you know, started lighting it up, and now all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl contender. Andy Reid knows how to put a good team together. The Green Bay defense is 26th in yards per rush. I think Kansas City can have success on the ground, take the pressure off more. That offensive line looks like it's getting healthier. Um, Kansas City defense. Has played surprisingly well versus the pass. We didn't expect him to be good against the pass, but they're fourth in pass DVOA, eighth in net yards per attempt. And then Green Bay's value is a little higher than it should be. They've played five of their last six at home. That inflates their perceived value overall because they're getting to play in advantageous situations. Their one road game was a win in Dallas. That was obviously a great showing for them. And, and I th- some of us kind of called that. I don't know. I don't think we picked the game at all. But um, you can kind of see that coming because Dallas had those injuries with Teron Smith missing in the game in particular. And we know how poor 
poorly they play. But in that game, Green Bay was outgained 563 yards to 335 yards. So outgained by more than 200 yards. It's not like they played, you know, amazingly stellar football in that game. They just took advantage of some turnovers and were able to win. But Dallas was able to do whatever they wanted against the defense. So I think the Chiefs will have some of that in this game. I think they'll be amped to get a win and, and right the ship, even with Mahomes not there and kind of stay on that path of trying to get the bye. So Packers going on the road, I think is a good time to fade them. Chiefs plus four is the best bet. Mm, all right. What would you do? I asked Heath Cummings this. What would you do if you were choosing between Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers in fantasy? I would take, I mean, Stafford probably. He's played well. Better, better matchup because the Kansas City defense has played better than we thought. So I don't know why you just don't go Stafford there. The, the Chiefs are like, uh, 11th in DVOA or like 13th in DVOA on defense. That's mm-hmm. really surprising. Cause that, I think it's fourth for pass and like 30th for runs. You can run on them, but, but, yeah. uh, well, maybe, maybe that's the thing is like if the Packers win this game, it's just a full on Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams right. assault. So, all right, there you go. Uh, one more game to get to and it is a scorcher. Best Dolphin, game of the week. Best game of the week. Dolphins at Steelers. Steelers minus 14 over under 43 and a half. I believe it's going to be a Mason Rudolph game. No Duck Hodges, as far as I know. Um, you love the Dolphins in this spot, don't you? Yeah, do you, you sure it's Mason Rudolph? You sure it's not Ben Roethlisberger who's playing quarterback? Because they're favored by 14 points. I just assume that Ben Roethlisberger is playing quarterback in this game. It is a little, it is a large amount of points. It, I'll tell you that. It's a large amount of points. I know we're scared to play Miami. I've stayed away from them. I, I played them twice in the contest and lost. And I said, never again. I'm probably going to play them this week. They've had two straight covers now. I think we can play them in good spots when Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback. The offense has played better, put up 381 yards against a good Bills defense. Miami's defense has been better the last two games against limited offenses. Well, you look at Pittsburgh, that's a limited offense too with Mason Rudolph under, under quarterback. It's not like they've been playing well. The offenses had under 270 yards in four of their last five. They're 22nd overall in DVOA, 21st in points per drive. Uh, Pittsburgh passing offense has cracked 200 yards just once in their last four games. When you have that kind of limited passing offense, you're not going to cover 14 points a lot of the time. So this is going to have to be another comedy of errors for Dolphin just turning it over here, you know, the, here and there ugly performances back. And, and that could happen. You know, I'm not going to rule out that Miami just lays a complete stinker, but, but I think this is a good play here. And then we talked about the away teams after the bye stat. You flip the, flip it around. You do home teams after a bye because Steelers are coming off a bye. It's just 42% against the spread, 47, 65, and 6 since 2011. So this was already a good spot to fade the Steelers considering that the offense hasn't looked great. Minus 14 is way too much, even against a bad Dolphins team. So yeah, that's why Dolphins are a best bet. I'm with you. It's, uh, it's a, it's too many points. I don't want to take the Dolphins, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. It's minus 14, Mason Rudolph versus, or Duck Hodges are playing like this. They're limited. They can't throw the ball on the field. People are like, Mason Rudolph's got to get this up, up tempo, deep ball strike stuff going. It's like, well, how? Like, that's just not going to magically happen. You can't expect it to happen. So I'm, I'm with you. I'd take, uh, I would take the, uh, the Dolphins in this spot. All right. Let's recap our best bets, starting with one Pete Prisco again. Instant before, but the Panthers plus five and a half, Chargers plus four, Saints over 49, eh. Patriots minus 13, Raiders Texans over 51 and a half, Bills minus one and a half, Lions and Giants over 49. RJ, your best bets. Hello, doggy dogs. Yeah, I like the, the Giants in Detroit plus six and a half. Keep that game close. Tampa Bay plus two and a half at Tennessee. They're going to win that game. Carolina plus five and a half at San Francisco. That'll be another close one. Kansas City plus four against Green Bay at home. I don't think the back of a quarterback is, is that much of a difference there. And then Miami plus 14 at Pittsburgh. Too many points for the Steelers. Mm, I am uh, with you on the, I think it's a big dog week and a big road week. I think this is where the trend gets back. So we saw a bunch of road dogs winning, you know, short road dogs winning outright. Um, I hope New York's not one of them, but I've got a similar slate. I think obviously we're against each other. I've got the Lions minus six and a half against the Giants. I'm taking Tampa Bay plus two and a half. We agree on that one, but Pete does not. The Bears minus four. The Cardinals plus ten and a half in New Orleans. God, that would scares me, but I'll do it anyway. Um, the Raiders plus six and a half and the Panthers plus Five and a half. We will have uh, our parlay. By the way, is Panthers plus five and a half. Why don't we? Why don't we have these over unders in this parlay? I don't know. 
because we because we can't all come to a consensus on a spread very often and so we're like yeah okay fine that over sounds fine to me let's play that one old public pete won't let us come to a consensus on these dogs uh we have the patriots under panthers plus five and a half and the raiders texans over is the pick six double d parlay that you should check out make sure and give us a five-star review make sure and go to sportsline.com slash join Use promo code white to get your first month for a dollar. You get all of RJ's picks there along with a cavalcade of experts. Um, and then make sure and check out on the website. RJ has his piece for the week, breaking down a bunch of gambling trends. I will have my best bets plus a money line underdog parlay and we'll have a teaser post on teaser post. You know what I did there? Teaser post on the, on the site as well. So check out all that stuff. RJ, always a pleasure, buddy. Talk to you next week. Good luck. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.